guys, it's Tim, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Monday, and we're here with the Wrestling Wrap-Up, a handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Now, last week on Friday, we had an issue doing the Wrestling Wrap-Up because my internet was crap. My internet wasn't working, I had to call Comcast, I had to get that all fixed, that was a hassle, that was a to-do then did the SmackDown review. That was fine. So hopefully everything is working now. I wasn't really home much over the weekend to test out my internet. So I don't know, I guess you could say, how good my internet's going to be. So if you have any issues, I do apologize. The video is as always being recorded for YouTube and will be up there maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes after we're done here live on Twitch. Just a heads up. All morning, my internet's been fine, so I don't think we're going to have any issues. But if you're watching live on Twitch, just a heads up. With that, we got a lot to talk about here today. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stories to talk about. We're going to talk about Michael Elgin getting arrested in Japan. We've got an update on Kevin Owens possibly returning to Monday Night Raw as early as tonight. Former NXT wrestlers wrestling for AEW and so much more. But with that, this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. I want to thank you if you are watching here live on Twitch or if you're watching later, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, iHeart, Google, and Apple Pod. But if you are watching live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, just like Cold Cuts KC recently did, or you can be like Bruh from aisle four and subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime or access to an Amazon Prime account. You take that Amazon account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff of four games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. Also remember, you can help us out over on YouTube by hitting the join button. Hit the join button below to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also, you can get all of that, but more directly support us by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. And finally, please head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether that is a new game, whether that is an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks, for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, it's going to ask you if you have a creator code. And you do. That's creator code PWUnlimited. Again, that code is PWUnlimited. Use it on the Epic Game Store, whether that's on your computer or the launchers of Fall Guys, Fortnite, and Rocket League on your PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo Switch. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Just right before checkout, it's going to say do you have a, a creator code. And you do. PWUnlimited. And then on Fall Guys and Rocket League, I know for sure, you go to the store page, go all the way down to the bottom, and right there is where it asks you if you have a creator code. Not 100% sure if it's fully integrated into, um, what's it called? Into um, Fall Guys Launcher or not yet. But 
sometimes if, if you're playing Fall Guys on your computer at least when you go to purchase something it'll take you to the Epic Store launcher on your computer and you do all that there so code PW Unlimited to support why is that? there we go there we go oh, Michael Wallace with a good question have you been watching the A&E stuff and I have I really liked the Undertaker documentary last week I liked the Sean Brett Rivals episode I liked the Goldberg documentary last night. And then the Undertaker Kane one. It's just all the same stuff we've always ever seen. It was all the same stuff. And I'm going to be honest. It was what? Almost 11 o'clock at night. It was like 1030 at night. I passed out watching it. I fell asleep. Because it didn't grab me. It's Undertaker and Kane. How many more times can we tell that story? How many more times can we tell the exact same story of Undertaker and Kane? I get it. Some of this and a number of this stuff was new interviews or newly recorded interviews, but they were saying the exact same things we've heard for years. Oh, at first they wanted Kane to wear a cape and he wasn't going to have a mask originally. And he was supposed to take more pride in his appearance than the Undertaker and this and that. And I'm like, well, I thought he was supposed to be burned. Uh, yeah. And then he ends up with the mask because... Kane Undertaker actually go to Vince and go, this character ain't going to work like that. And so they made the mask and this and that. So yeah, the Undertaker Kane rivals, not saying it was bad, but it was just the same Undertaker Kane one hour talk about we've seen a million times. They've made that episode, I don't know how many times. And then you can almost say the same thing about the Brett Sean one as well. But at least, you know, at the end of the Brett Sean, well, I would say the Brett Sean one intrigued me. Because as a wrestling fan, I wasn't watching wrestling. Well, kind of. Watching wrestling at that time. And I guess the Undertaker Kane stuff started at the same time. But it's like they shifted pretty quickly through the early Undertaker Kane stuff in that documentary. And again, we've gotten a few Sean Brett documentaries about their rivalry. But it's always about Montreal, Montreal, Montreal. Not much about before Montreal. Like I liked in the... Brett Sean Rivals episode. Tyson Kid TJ Wilson's literally like, yeah, I remember one time Brett had a bunch of the wrestlers, including Shawn Michaels, over at the house. We were just playing around with them. We were hanging out, and you would think at the time the two were friends. We haven't heard that before. But in the Undertaker Kane, for what I saw, I never went back and watched it. I think I watched about half before I fell asleep. It was all the same stuff. Nothing new that I didn't already know. The fans aren't going to already know. So. I'll say that's my takeaway. The Undertaker doc, Goldberg doc, both really, really good. Loved them both. John um, Brett Rivals was really good. Undertaker Kane Rivals, good, but again, didn't pique my interest. Didn't keep me intrigued because it was just all the same stuff. Every time we've seen an Undertaker Kane, you know, thing, it's all the same stuff. Same, oh, here's the artwork, and here's this, and here's that. And he came out and opened up the door of the cage, and... Kane was a fan of The Undertaker before coming to WWE. And so it's just like, meh. But next week, actually, I haven't even seen what we have next week. I skipped the commercials. So if they announced anything, let's see. WWE on A&E. Next week we have... Let's see. They're still hyping up last night's stuff. So the Rivals is Rock Austin. Again, another one where I'm like... Seen that a lot. I wonder what they're going to do different, if anything. As far as the 
Doc does go. I don't see... Oh, it's the Bella Twins next week. Next week, it's the Bella Twins. and that's I'm going to watch it because I think the, the biographies are all really good. But I've never really been a fan of the Bellas, so I'm just like... Ah, I'll watch it to watch it and see how good it is because the biography group, the teams that do the biographies are always really good at the way they produce them and edit them and the info that they get out of the people. So those are always really good. But it's like the a Bella's episode. If it was just something on the WWE Network, I'd probably just skip it. Uh, Johnson says, I would love to see an episode on Matt Hardy and Edge. Well, you ain't going to get that because, well, Matt Hardy's in AEW. You ain't going to get that with Matt Hardy being in AEW. We are getting Edge and John Cena, which that was always a great rivalry. I hope they get Cena's dad on there to talk about the slap. Edge slapped him across the face. But we've got news to talk about here, the wrestling wrap-up. And we're going to start it off with a story that broke this weekend. Michael Elgin was arrested in Japan. The news is exclusively broken by Cassidy Haynes over at Bodyslam.net as they write the following. Well, yeah, so we're going to get into all this because Elgin was supposed to work a show for Pro Wrestling Noah. Well, he, he didn't. We'll talk about all this. From the beginning. So, I'm just going to read the article from Bodyslam.net. Michael Elgin was scheduled to wrestle on July 10th for Pro Wrestling Noah and their event in Shizuoka. Zoka, but it was announced that he would not be appearing and no reason was given as to why he was pulled from the card. Hain states that I can now confirm the reason for Michael Elgin's absence is due to the fact that he was arrested last weekend in Japan for stealing. Sources confirmed to me that Elgin was arrested for stealing protein powder and that is, and that he is currently in jail at the time of the writing. Word going around is that Elgin could be facing up to five years in jail unless a, pro, uh, unless a potential deal is arranged where the charges are dropped, but he would be deported and never be allowed to return to Japan again. Elgin, also arrested back in July of 2021 in the United States for violating a protection, protection order filed by his ex-fiance. So, Michael Elgin arrested for apparently stealing a protein powder. I'm like, what? Well, Elgin responded to this, stating the following. I have these tweets in order. I do. Uh, Elgin stated, actually, let me pull the tweets up on the screen. It'll be better for you guys if you see them on the screen itself. Here, let's pull this here. Second one as well. All right. Wrong screen. Elgin tweeted out first. I'm not going to bother saying what happened, but I'm going to say I was not charged for stealing protein. I'm not charged at all. I'm not facing jail time. I'm also not deported. I'm going to Canada to be with my family after the passing of an extremely close family member. Then tweet, quote, I'm not going up. Uh, actually, this is the same tweet. Why did I pull the same tweet up twice? Here we go. Here's the second tweet. He stated, I completely understand people don't ever want to believe anything other than what they wish were true. I'm not going to debate with people. 
I am on my scheduled flight home. Also, first class. Doesn't seem like deportation. He's got food here. He's watching the movie Ambulance with um, Jake Gyllenhaal, which is a great movie. I love this movie. Jake Gyllenhaal, one of my favorite actors. But he says he was not in trouble. He says he was not, you know, arrested or anything. But here's my question. Look at the date this tweet was sent out. July 17th yesterday. He was pulled from a show on the 10th. And just now going back to Japan. I'm not speculating anything because I don't have the details. I don't know. And I'm not going to assume without knowing full details. But it's just a little weird that he just left Japan yesterday. Well, technically two days ago if you're going on Japan time. And he missed his show on the 10th. I guess you could say... Put that together how you want. But yeah. Whew. Just saying. That's just me speculating. Not going to say, oh, I know for sure, or this or that, or anything. But very interesting that he's trying to say, oh, no, I had to go home. But literally, you missed a show seven days prior. So why didn't you go home then? Why did you stay in Japan? all I'm going to say. But as of right now, that's all the details we do have. I had a lot of people asking me about this over the weekend, saying, did you see this? Did you see this? Do you know anything? And I'm like, no, I don't know anything. Solid. But all I know is what was reported, and that's basically all that anybody knows, what was reported. But as we move forward, I'm going to talk about AEW a little bit here. And a few, I guess you could say, former NXT wrestlers who were spotted this weekend wrestling for AEW. So this weekend, AEW was at Universal Studios Orlando, Florida, as they were doing dark taping. We did previously report that the former two dimes, Troy Donovan, was in in you know the tapings, the first part of the taping. So when I reported that, I only had info from the first set of tapings. There was two tapings, or one show, second show, I didn't have anything for. But the first show did see Troy Donovan, or the former Troy Donovan, wrestling on there. And he's no... No newcomer to AEW. He wrestled for them like nine times before getting signed by WWE. But it's weird that WWE brought in two dimes after he was released by WWE for reportedly failing a drug test. And we don't know what the substance he failed for was, but it was big enough for WWE to say, eh, we're going to let you go. Because typically it's first offense, suspension. Second offense, longer suspension, Third offense, you've been released. So for him to get released off the first one makes me think, ooh, that might have been something big. And then for AEW to just overlook that and go, oh, you want to come wrestle for us? Let's go. Uh, Not the greatest of looks. Just going to say. But Donovan was not the only former NXT wrestler to wrestle for AEW this weekend as Harland, the former Harland, also known as Parker Boudreaux, would also be at the tapings and... Looks like they've got some plans for him as he's being put into a group with Aria Davari. Now, UFC's Ariel Manuel, Ari Emanuel, has received numerous homages over the years from Stevie Grant on The Larry Sanders Show to Ari, Ari Gold on Entourage. And now, one more of Warner Media's properties is parodying the famous agent and current Endeavor CEO. According to Dave Meltzer on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, Emmanuel's likeness 
was the basis of Arya Davari's transformation into Ari Davari. And the idea is that on July 4th, he came into some trust money. He became a rich kid and has formed a new group within AEW called the Trust Busters. The group sees the longtime independent wrestler Slim J and Parker Boudreaux, the former Hardland, join him in this group. Meltzer stated the following. He's been around for a long time, long time. Never got a shot anywhere. Talking about Slim J. He would then go on to say that Bordreau was released by WWE, as we all know, back in April. But this is not the first time we've seen Bordreau since being released by WWE. He also worked for MLW. So it does look like he is very much interested. He's not like one of these guys, oh, he's a college football player that didn't go pro, so WWE brought him in. They released him, and now what? It doesn't look like, oh... WWE was a backup plan, and now wrestling is meh for him. No, he's still interested in wrestling. He's still interested in wrestling, and he's going to continue to wrestle, and now he's with AEW. We don't know exactly all the details of him coming in with AEW or this group, as Meltzer stated, that the group could be for AEW or could also be used for Ring of Honor. Because, well, as Meltzer said, AEW's already got a lot of groups. In ROH, they need more people down there. They do need more acts in ROH. So it will be interesting to see where they do use the new trust busters with Ari Davari, who is a parody of Ari Emanuel, UFC fame and the Endeavor CEO, along with Slim J and Parker Boudreaux. Again, not a name that I expected to see in AEW. Didn't really do much in WWE. And all the buzz about him before he debuted with WWE was because of his look. Now, look, is gone now because they shaved his head. So we'll see how this all works out. Maybe he grows the hair back. Maybe he doesn't. But as of right now, he has been put into a stable within All Elite Wrestling or Ring of Honor, which makes me believe that this is not just, oh, we're bottom in for dark tapings, and if he comes back, he comes back. No, this makes me believe that he's going to be working more often, most likely for All Elite Wrestling. I was thinking of someone that came from NXT, went to AEW, and hasn't been seen in a while. That's AQA. AQA was actually signed by Tony Khan in All Elite Wrestling after she was released by WWE, but it's actually leaving the pro wrestling business, at least for now. The 25-year-old said that she wants to step, uh, spend some time reflecting on what is the best path for her. She would go on to thank AEW for her time with the company, along with every opponent, trainer, promoter, fan, and anyone else that she crossed paths with during her period with AEW and her, I guess you could say, WWE career as she wrote the following. Screen for you guys. I want to thank this time to thank you. Anyone who has ever cheered for me, supported me, bought merch, had me on your podcast or wrote an article about me. Those who sent loving messages, made fan art, gave me a hug during a meet and greet or a high five on my way to and from the ring. Promoters who booked me, opponents that stood across from me, and my trainers for teaching me everything I know for I would have made it. This uh, wouldn't have made it this far without all of you. At this time, I have decided to step away from professional wrestling for the immediate future. For the past few years, both mentally and physically, I have not been in a great place with wrestling. And silly me, 
I kept pushing through because I didn't want to be seen as weak, but it only sucked the fun out of every opponent I had. I hope during this time I'll be able to reflect deeply and see what path is best for me. Thank you, AEW, for granting me this time. Until I see you all again, much love. With that, she says, thank you to AEW for granting her this time. We don't know if she's actually been released by All Elite Wrestling, or they just told her, hey, you can take an extended period of time away, as long as you need. So we don't know if she's still actually under contract with AEW or not. But AQA is going to be taking some time away from professional wrestling. And hopefully, you know, we want to wish her all the best. And hopefully she can figure out what's best for her. If that's not being in wrestling, then that's what's best for her. If it is being in wrestling, cool. Because she is someone that, you know, we have seen not a lot of, but in spurts, have some good showings. I've been critical of some of her matches in the past. I will say that for sure. But at the same time, we have seen some matches of hers that were pretty good. That was like, hey, with more time in the ring, I think she can develop into something really, really good. Again, she's not been doing this that long. Let me AQA. Like, her time in the ring is not, like, she hasn't been around for a very long. I mean, she's been around-ish since 2018. But, I mean, she's only technically really worked, like, 50 matches at that in the last four years. 50 matches in four years. And granted, she was signed by WWE, but only for like a couple of months. You can't even go, oh, well, WWE had her at the PC for a year or something. No. She was literally only with WWE. She debuted in March of last year and was gone by June. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe she goes down and works with Booker T in reality of wrestling where she started. That would be cool as well. You know, you think maybe wrestling's not for me. You take some time away. Then you go down back to your old stomping grounds where you were trained at to try to see, hey, let me just roll around in the ring. Let me just see some stuff, try some stuff, and go from there. So again, we want to wish her the best in whatever she decides to do going forward. Speaking of AEW, the final story we have to talk about of AEW has to do with one Jeffrey Nero Hardy. We all know what happened with Jeff Hardy. He was arrested on June 13th during a traffic stop on Interstate 95 in DeLand, Florida. This comes after numerous, well, I mean not numerous, that's probably a big, too big of a word, multiple 911 calls of someone driving a white car on the highway sporadically. And if you watch the full, not just the short clips that I think it was TMZ put out of the traffic stop and Jeff being arrested, if you watch the full one, Oh, before they pull Jeff over, he's all over. Like, say my hand right here is the lane. And this plug is his car. Right? You want to stay in your lane. Yet Jeff's going like this. Jeff's going like this. All kinds of, all kinds of over the lane. So he can't stay in his own lane. Finally, after the cops follow him for a good couple of minutes, they go, yep, nope. Whoop, 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 whoop. You know, that's not a good police siren sound, but whatever. They released him, or they, they um, arrested him. He was finally released from jail, this and that. And, yeah, he was slapped with the DUI. He then wrote a plea asking not to have to be at his arraignment. And according to Tony Khan, he was seeking an in-treatment. Yet, it looks like the judge in charge of this case wants Hardy there. 
I mean, basically, he said, I, I want him there. He needs to be here. Um, it is unclear if Hardy will actually appear in court on August 2nd, yet the judge has stated that he wants Hardy to be in, there in person. Hardy was supposed to be seen on July 1st, but then that got extended, and now he will have to go see the judge and have a hearing on what's going to happen on August 2nd. Again, the charges against Hardy are third, his third DUI within 10 years, which is actually less years than that, but that's the correct term of it. That is a felony in the state of Florida. Hardy is also charged with driving with a suspended or revoked license and a violation of restrictions placed on his driver's license. With that, Jeff Hardy will have to appear in court on August 2nd. And if we do hear anything further on what happens with that court hearing, we will let you guys know. But before we move forward, we gotta talk about the sponsor of this video. Sponsor of this video? Well, Foco. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. With major sports and entertainment licenses at their disposal, along with a powerful infrastructure, a dedicated team, and a broad variety of products, Foco is reaching new heights every single day. Whether you're a fan of WWE, the NFL, NBA, or even Nickelodeon, Foco may have something to fit your fandom. Head over to Foco.com right now and tell them we sent you. Tell them you heard about Foco from PW Unlimited. Head over there, check out their great lineup of merchandise, whether that is t-shirts, whether that are board shorts, whether those are toys, collectibles, bobbleheads, and more. Foco gonna have something you're gonna like moving forward we have a quick one right here all we gotta say is rick flair's opponent for his final match a week from this sunday to be announced tonight at 8 or uh, 605 eastern so a few days ago it was announced by conrad thompson that on monday at 605 Rick Flair's uh, Rick Flair will know who his opponent is, but then Rick sent out this tweet this morning that got a lot of attention. Very interesting tweet that states this: On July 31, I'm coming after one of your own. Hashtag WWE Raw, and tonight at 6:05, the entire world will find out. Hashtag Rick Flair's last match, and I'm like, what? He's going to wrestle someone from WWE? Someone currently on the Raw roster? Or does this mean someone that has wrestled on Raw in the past? Like, I have no clue what Rick means here by coming after one of your own. Hashtag WWE Raw. I have no clue what that means. Very interesting. It's 12.32 p.m. right now. So this will be announced in the next two and a half hours. If you're watching live, let's see, 12, 1, 2, 3. Yeah. In the next two and a half hours, we will know who Ric Flair's opponent will be on the 31st. Now, originally, they wanted the match to be Ric Flair and FTR against Ricky Steamboat and the Rock and Roll Express. Well, we know that the Rock and Roll Express is not part of this. Ricky Morton's got a match on the undercard. So we already know that it's not something involving Rock and Roll Express because I doubt those guys are working double duty. But it's like, 
is this really somebody in WWE right now? Would WWE actually let somebody do this? Like, we see matches on this card from AAA, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, all different promotions sending matches for this card, right? But I didn't think, and I still kind of don't think, WWE would be involved. But it's like, who from WWE could be in this match? I have absolutely, absolutely no idea. And maybe we've seen Rick with some crazy-ass tweets in the past that make no sense and then end up not being what he says. I mean, he was dogging on Jericho a few days ago. Let me pull up that tweet. I mean, it has nothing to do with this, but I'm just, just to show you that uh, Rick Flair sometimes just tweets to tweet. But... Let me see, where is it? Tweet it out about Jericho. Right here. He tweeted. Living legend in your own mind. Shawn Michaels wannabe. Ric Flair never will be. Woo! Where did you buy that cheap suit? Obviously not from at Gents Playbook. Like, Really? Really, Rick? Okay, then. So, we'll see. We'll see what they announce. As of right now, Rick is trying to tease that it's somebody in WWE. That's what Rick is trying to tease. As we move forward here. Back up and just back up. Talking about one Hall of Famer to another. We're talking about the one of the newest members of the UFC Hall of Fame. A man that you hear almost every time you watch the UFC. That's Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier did a Twitter spaces with Monster Energy recently and talked about how well WWE has actually asked him to come in and work with the Creed Brothers as, as Cormier stated, quote, actually talked to them quite a bit. I'm friends with a lot of people that are in that company. I speak to Triple H. I've got some friends that are competing. My brother's not my actual brother's. One of my friends, Jacob Castor, Julius Creed. He's part of the Creed brothers. They are in the WWE and the NXT champions. They are the smaller league champions. I've been asked a couple of times to do stuff with them for the promotion, but I haven't been able to make it work. If some, It's something I want to do. And we do know that you know, when they started to do the whole back down, go into Fox thing, Fox at one point wanted Daniel Cormier to do SmackDown commentary. So this is not the first time that we've heard WWE and Daniel Cormier wanting to work together. I mean, again, Fox wanted Daniel Cormier to be one of the announcers of SmackDown. Originally, we ended up getting Michael Cole and Corey Graves, and that turned into Michael Cole and Pat McAfee, which I couldn't be more happy about because it's, you know, brought Pat McAfee onto SmackDown, who was amazing, but he's also brought out the best in Michael Cole. Michael Cole, I feel, has gotten a lot better since working with Pat McAfee. But back to Daniel Cormier, it would be interesting to see what kind of things that he would do with the Creed brothers. Would he actually get in the ring and roll around and do some moves and wrestle? Would he be a manager for them? Maybe all their issues they're having with Roderick Strong in, in um, Diamond Mine could lead to DC coming in and being, hey, boy. These kids or these guys, creeds, whip your ass in day and time. And da, 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 da. I don't know. I don't know what he would do with the Creed brothers. 
but I think it would actually be really cool to see DC go in there and work with those kind of guys because it's his same background, collegiate wrestling, Olympic wrestling. So I would not be opposed to this one little bit. Going to our next story, and for some reason I have lost my link here. Let me find this back really fast. Why can't I find this all of a sudden? Let's try this. Uh, let's just do it this way. Um, here we go. All right. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rearrange this for a second. No, I'll just go with it. I'll just go with the order I have it at. So, speaking of champions in NXT, let's talk about a former NXT Women's Champion who's been out of action for a year now, but will be returning sometime soon as Bailey is scheduled to be in Nashville this coming, or not this weekend, but next SummerSlam a weekend. So, according to Mike Johnson of PW Insider. Johnson does report that Bailey is scheduled to be in Nashville as Johnson writes the following. For those who have asked about the status of Bailey and when she's slated to return to WWE programming, PW Insider has learned that she is scheduled to be in Nashville for SummerSlam weekend. Bailey has been out of action since last summer after tearing an ACL while working out at the WWE Performance Center to prepare for the company's return to live crowds in the post-Thunderdome era. So with that, Bailey is expected to be in Nashville over SummerSlam weekend, but but that may be just nothing because who else is scheduled to be in Nashville over SummerSlam weekend and it is not for a return? Well, that's Big E. Big E is actually going to be in Nashville over SummerSlam weekend to work the help work the uh, SummerSlam uh, tryouts. Big E's going to help with the tryouts. He's going to be in, in Nashville as well, but Big E ain't coming back for a very long time. So just because Bailey is scheduled to be in Nashville doesn't mean she's actually going to return. Now, she could. Very good chance she returns in Nashville. But this isn't a 100% oh, Bailey's back at SummerSlam or Bailey's back on the SmackDown before SummerSlam or Bailey's back on the SmackDown after or the Raw after. It doesn't 100% guarantee that just because she's going to be in town, but it does look good. Things do look good for Bailey. She's been out for a year now. She's been out for one year. Moving forward, talk a little about Goldberg. Goldberg talked to the New York Post and stated that he is actually still currently under contract with WWE. In a recent interview with the New York Post, Goldberg provided clarification on his WWE contract status, revealing that although he has completed his obligation of number of matches he signed for, he is still signed to WWE. When asked about his contract status, Goldberg emphasized, quote, still hasn't gotten cut on because, uh, hold on, let me reread this. Quoted, uh, stated he, quote, still hasn't gotten cut on because you never know when the phone's going to ring. He further noted that he's in pretty good shape right now. Actually said pretty good damn, pretty good damn shape right now. Compared to his final match we last saw him in, 
She said, I'm still waiting for that one call to happen one of these days. But I suppose you never retire in the wrestling world until you're dead. So who knows? So Goldberg still under contract with WWE, even though, you know, he's, he was supposed to work X amount of matches under the deal, the last deal, and he worked all those matches. But he believes that since he hasn't been cut, that there's still somebody in that company that wants to keep him around just in case they want to use him again. Just in case they want to use him again. And I haven't heard anything. No one's reported anything. And the last time Goldberg worked was Elimination Chamber this past year when Roman Reigns beat him by referee's decision. It was a six-minute match at Elimination Chamber. Last time we saw Goldberg. There we go. See if he ever gets brought back. But you can't talk about Goldberg and his last run with WWE without talking about a little old man named Kevin Owens. Remember back, Kevin Owens was the Universal Champion. And then right before WrestleMania 33, when everyone thought he was going to defend the title against Jericho, he ended up losing it to Goldberg. Well, yeah, that all happened. That is how Goldberg and Kevin Owens are going to always be connected. But talk about Kevin Owens, who we haven't seen in a while. As we got a new report from Fightful stating, quote, Kevin Owens hasn't been seen on WWE programming in nearly a month and was pulled from the June 27th edition of Monday Night Raw. Fightful has learned that as of Sunday night, a KO show segment was planned for WWE Raw on July 18th. Thus far, Owens has not been advertised by WWE as appearing on the event. As of happened, as often happens in wrestling, plans can be changed. One instance occurred last week when Elias was planned for Raw before the element was next. Also mentioned, Owens was absent from the June 27th episode of Raw where he was set to take on Elias or Ezekiel or Elrod in a Money in the Bank qualifying match that never happened. He would not appear. He would appear, though, at the NHL draft a few weeks later. But as of last night, there were plans to bring Kevin Owens back to television as early as tonight. As early as tonight, July 18th. So we'll see if Kevin Owens does get announced for the show or just appears on the show. I mean, last couple of weeks, they've only announced two things for Monday Night Raw going into the show. And that's the same for tonight. Only two things have been announced. So if we see or hear anything else on Kevin Owens possibly being back on Raw tonight... We will let you guys know. Also, speaking of tonight's Monday Night Raw and those two things announced, well, let's talk about them really fast. We do know that Logan Paul will return tonight. Logan Paul will be on the show as he will respond to all the stuff that's been going on with The Miz and the Assume officially set up their match at SummerSlam. Also, we do know that the Raw Women's Championship will be on the line for the second week in a row as Bianca Belair defends against Carmella. Last week, Carmella technically defeated Belair via countout, but Bianca retained the belt. You can't change the title on a countout. Also, for anybody asking about the rating of tonight's show, according to... Trying to find this. According to Xfinity. According to Xfinity, and I'll pull up my Xfinity guide to show you guys right here. See if you guys can actually might not be able to see it. Um, why is it not showing all of a sudden? USA Network. Here we go. Ah, 
text messages for work stuff. Um, right here, Monday Night Raw tonight listed as TVPG. And if this was a USA directive, which Infinity owns US, you know, is, is part of NBC Universal, and it's all connected. If this show was supposed to be TV 14 tonight, it would be listed here, and it's not. So the show tonight is still listed as TVPG. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here for the Monday edition of the Wrestling Wrap-Up. We will be live tonight for Monday Night Raw. We'll talk about that show. We'll review it. We'll recap it. We'll get into all of that. So with that, have a great rest of your Monday. See you back later this week. Well, tonight. And then Wednesday. And then Friday. So have a great Monday. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.